welcome back to the 801 podcast. We are here uh, as BL Garden and we're ready to talk to you about our FujoCon. Who do we have speaking today? I am Izora. Midnight. And I'm Kit. I'm Jordan. I'm Lynn. I'm Erin. And I'm Melissa. All right, and for those who missed our last couple of episodes or maybe uh, didn't attend FujoCon and wants to know what it's all about, I'm going to swing over to Erin, and she's going to explain a little. So FujoCon was a blast we had last weekend. It was our first virtual con where we celebrated all things BL, shipping, fandom, and more. Our motto was ship and let ship. In a little bit, we're going to have Kit talk to us about some numbers and more details. But first, I want to make a kind of important statement with the group that kind of ties into FujoCon. So Beale Garden of DFW and FujoCon unequivocally stands with Black Lives Matter. As a group of diverse Fujoshi, we are passionate about equality and representation in fandom and beyond. We strongly oppose all forms of racial violence and refuse to be silent and thus complicit in that violence. We promise to elevate diverse voices and work to ensure the communities we love are anti-racist. At FujoCon, we welcomed both diverse guests and audience members. BL is a global fandom, so we are grateful for our guests that elevate BL and show the diversity of Fujoshi, Fudanshi, and Fujin everywhere. Black Lives Matter today and every day. Now, I'm going to bring this over to Kit because she's got some hard numbers about FujoCon for us. FujoCon was our very first convention, as was mentioned, and for a first con, this was amazing because first off, our total number of attendees, and this is way past what we ever expected, was 1,220, y'all. That's how many people we had attend FujoCon for those three days. It was amazing. We also had a total of 16 guests, which included some amazing panels. We had the Bitches of Boys Love with Dr. Kirsten Santos. We had Welcome to the Wonderful World of Ty BL, Lend Me an Ear, Toward A History of BL, From Fan Fiction to Published Author, Language of Textiles, An MM Author Roundtable, and so much more. It was fantastic. And we can't forget our amazing sponsors either because we had nine of them that, I do have to brag, they approached us. So that was amazing. And those are just some of the numbers that ended the convention for us. Let's uh, talk a little bit about our sponsors. Izora? So let me talk a little about Tapas. Tapas, if you don't know, is a webcomic hosting site. So they have novels as well that you can read. Some of them for free and some of them you can get for ink, which you can gain through money or through playing various games or videos. And let me tell you, I have been on Tapas since before it was actually called Tapas. They changed their name and... It is just a fantastic site. If you guys haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's wonderful. They're really making real strides in the BL community, really hosting a lot of BL that some countries can't host due to obscenity laws. And they're the ones who are able to take it up and, and give them some credit and some, some recognition for their hard work. They have some amazing titles, just to name a few, Breathless. And I really like the Reapers Don't Love. You have to check that one out. It's a riot. 
Also, we had the very distinguished honor to have VVBG on our FujoCon. They were able to host a panel about some of their comics, um, Very, Very Bad Girls. They are fantastic, wonderful. They're super sweet. I was thrilled to have them. I remember reading their first comic and just been keeping up with all of them since. It's fantastic. One of their comics on uh, Tapas is called uh, Born Sexy Tomorrow, so go check it out. I had the pleasure and honor of moderating a Q&A session with the translator Molly Lee, who works for Jazz Blue. We got a lot of questions on various games. Most of the questions were on a game called Slow Damage, and we got some hot hints about upcoming developments in their games, including some about dramatical murder. She gave us some tips for breaking into translating work for BL games, so that was a lot of fun and helpful. And uh, another one of our guests was uh, Sublime. And if you know me, you know that I have a huge stack of Sublime books on my shelf right now, and it's faster than I can read them. It was really exciting to get a little bit of an insight with uh, the editor, Jennifer LeBlanc, about the stuff that they talk about, how they even talk about booty holes and stuff like that in their meetings and get educated on BL. And one of my favorite things is if you at them on their social media, they'll be hey, I see there's a lot of popularity with this manga. Maybe we should look into it. Anyway, so I'm definitely going to be adding them a whole lot. Of, and then they were talking about some of my favorites, which are like coming up. Modic, you guys know who you are. We were talking about that a lot. Oh, man, I was so excited to just, you know, get a little bit of that insight there. And you can tell in my uh, excitement because I'm talking way too fast. But all right, Kit, go for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we had some amazing panels with just our guests alone, but... We couldn't have been a full con without our fan panels that came in, which we had an overwhelming amount of submissions for that. I think we ended up with like over 40 fan panels and they were awesome. We had some really cool ones like Gay in Pre-Modern Japan, which had so much praise uh, when we got our feedback. We had the Ineffable Husbands from Ineffable Con, which were our bros who uh, came and uh, hung out with us for... Fujokan. We also had Yaoi that hurt me. And I mean, there were a lot of really amazing panels that were put on by other fans that uh, wanted to support BL and all that kind of content. So that was really cool. And I know a lot of us got to, you know, try and sit in on those and see what everyone else was out there presenting. And it was just a really cool thing seeing everyone put on their best performances and presentations. And that was an overall just a really fully rounded convention just because of our guests and our sponsors. But we had all these people submitting their work as well. And you know what? Thank you all for that because you really helped make the con. And we couldn't have done this con without our really cool tech stuff, which Izora is going to kind of give a little bit of background of why we chose the platforms we did, because I know there was some confusion and some question as to why we had, you know, three platforms. So Izora? I'm going to start with Discord. Discord is a social site that you can invite people in particular to. We wanted a place where people could talk and that simulates the hallway of conventions where you get to meet people and just talk anime stuff and manga stuff and and gush over your favorite shows. We really wanted a site that could simulate that because that's kind of what we're missing during this pandemic is the community and the sense of community. So we wanted a site like that. However, we didn't want it to be open just for anyone. Our safety and our privacy of our convention goers was our number one going into this. Uh, a lot of people worry about being razzed for being a Bayel fan or, or being 
having people go on there and just being asshats. So they really wanted a place that we could invite just the con goers. And Discord does have a privacy where you can send out specific links to people to where uh, only people who get that link can get on the Discord. And it has great mod features. It's incredibly versatile where we can open up things and close things to convention goers behind the scenes. We can ban or kick people. We can give people warnings. We can set up bots that moderate chats when we can't be there. And it was just an overall really great site, something that we were very glad to have for the FujoCon members. One of the things we did is we did have people register on Eventbrite. Eventbrite is the way we were able to get links and stuff just to the con goers. Some of our links were 18 plus. Most of our panels were 18 plus, And that's why we definitely wanted a place that would where you had to admit your age and you had to basically sign off. Yes, I'm this old, many years old. I can come to this panel. And that way we know that we're covered to make sure that only 18 plus members can get the 18 plus content. And it also was helpful for us to know how many attendees we had. And it kept track of that for us. One of the other things we used, we used Zoom. Zoom was a a specific site we used for the reasons that it has an ability to be locked. It has the ability to communicate with people, whereas other sites like Twitch and stuff, you can't actually have audience responses. It has great mod features, and it also has to where we can set up the links in advance and send them out the day of, and we can pre-schedule those meetings. And it can also be sent via a Eventbrite so that only people who are 18 plus can go to those. The Twitch channel was different. We did use Twitch. Twitch, there is no way for us to prevent people from seeing Twitch. If they follow FujoCon, they can all see the Twitch, which is why we had to make sure that the things we put on Twitch, because of Twitch's policies, we couldn't have obscene things on Twitch. We could say bad words and we could be mature, but we couldn't have 18 plus content on Twitch. And that was something that we considered going in, which panels would go on what and which platform they would use. And to stream to Twitch, we did use StreamYard. StreamYard is a site that directly uploads to a site like Twitch, where we can send the panelists a link and we do everything on Steamyard, they just get the link and they click go. And we wanted to really make it easy for our guests and for our panelists to be able to really streamline the process for them to make it easier for them. Yeah, so that's why we did what we did. So there was some rationale. Uh, right now, the FujoCon Twitter is still going. So you're welcome to continue to engage with us. But we are Still really recommending everyone kind of move over to the BL Garden of DFW accounts because we are going to start going back to doing our usual social media push on BL Garden of DFW because we are getting back into our podcast, which is, of course, 801 and 801 Reviewed, even though we do still have things we need to do with FujoCon and the FujoCon website and, of course, getting up the recordings. But that is all going to take some time, as we did mention in our closing ceremonies. But... We still have a lot of cool stuff we want to share with all y'all. And so we really want you to, you know, follow us, stay updated with the things we're doing because we do a lot of cool stuff. And once we're allowed outside, we'll have really nice pictures of delicious desserts we get to share and our fun games in person that won't just be on screenshots and a little grainy, but that's okay. So anyway, definitely be sure to keep following us. Um, I will still be posting things 
on social media. And we still have um, pictures from all of y'all that you did post from the weekend of FujoCon because I was looking and I loved your cosplays. They were fantastic. I loved your setups. All of you sharing your manga collections, sharing, you know, the screenshots you were taking as you were at the panels. It was fantastic. Thank you so much for engaging with us. We really do appreciate it. Remember to check your DMs. I still have some people that haven't checked their DMs because I did give away some codes for some awesome games from our amazing sponsors. Because remember, we did have some free games from like Two and a Half Studios, Aerotol, Jast, and uh, you don't want to miss out on those because they're pretty cool and they're really fun to play. Be sure to check your DMs in case you uh, got one of those. Speaking of social, we still have a Discord to talk about. Midnight, you are our frequent Discorder. <laughs> I'm sure y'all probably saw my name more than you cared to. My favorite place to hang out was all the chat rooms. There was a notification in a room, I was in there, you know, because I wanted to be in on all the business. Some of my favorite Discord channels were when we first started the cosplay one. I think later one of our, our con-goers posted a cosplay Discord later on too, which was really cool. So I joined that one. I joined way too many Discords afterwards, by the way. I can't keep up with all y'all. Too many Discords. I have so many. And as we went on through the weekend, it was really cool to see y'all had so much to say, all the energy in the chats. We were always sharing all kinds of stuff, talking about all kinds of cool different mangas, especially looking at the NSFW chat. We were really sharing the modic love there, and then we got some wrecks off of that. Real excited to read those. Oh, and then later on we were going, we were adding all those new channels. Eventually we got the Ace channel, and shout out to those guys too, because I joined that, that Discord. It was really surprising how many of us were in there. Later on throughout the weekend, we had all those meetups too. The way we structured that was we would unlock a room a little at a time. All the excitement, everybody could just rush right in. We could all chat excitedly about it for a good one to two hours or so before we open up the next one. And so I think there was a lot of excitement generated on that. And even afterwards, we were still in those chat rooms. That was awesome. so awesome. You guys, it was an incredible community. Never once did I encounter like anybody who was saying anything negative or anything anti. We were all supportive. We all worked really hard to try and make sure that nobody came into Discord. You know, the beauty of Discord, you can only invite specific people. We didn't get anybody to come in and harsh or mellow or whatever so it was real nice that we could have that safe place for and you guys were amazing i love talking to you guys and i really miss talking to you guys and one other thing is we got to interact with all the artists so melissa's got more about that on the artist alley yeah artist alley at a virtual convention is kind of an interesting thing because i think one of the the growing pains that i learned was that you know you can build this really cool directory but you also have to give people places to chat so we did work really hard pretty much immediately um, as soon as we saw that we needed more places for artists to share their own work and promote themselves and for people to be able to interact. So it was really cool to see how the Discord kind of got built out. You know, we had this one idea of what we thought it would be. And then within 30 minutes, it was like, no, we need like places for people to go. So we did have the Artist Alley chat where I was dropping in Q&As with the artists that we collected from the past couple of months. We had our Futakia artist section where you could leave messages for them, basically a virtual message board that is being translated. And then Futakia will be able to post that. And we had various chats for the artists, again, just to share their own work. It was really cool to be able to, you know, kind of put together an artist alley. This is the first time that I've ever done it, even though I've been a participant in many artist alleys over the years. You know, we it was pretty much just like, there's not really a lot of rules about 
the kind of content that we had. It was just, we were looking for people who draw BL. It wasn't even a test of like, how much do you draw? Just, is this the kind of art that somebody who would attend FujioCon would want to buy as, as like a very low barrier so that we were able to create a lot of diversity. So you didn't have to be somebody who draws just BL. It was just, you know, things that people would want to purchase. So we had a lot of fandom content as well, a lot of LGBT content in general, pride merchandise, which is really important to make sure that people feel represented. And that was something when we built out our tagging system that I wanted to make sure we were listing out those pride tags so that people can go on the directory and search and say, I want to find stuff for pan or I want to find ace things because it's really important, you know, to see yourself represented in a con and to find um, people who are selling that kind of merchandise. And then the directory was pretty much where we had our art, actual artist alley, which the directory is still live on our website. So you can still basically search our curated selection of FujoCon artists and find things. Hopefully their stores are not sold out, but that would be good if they were sold out because that means they sold a lot at our con. And so one of the things that we did in addition to kind of creating this really like cultivated listing was we did end up marking some of the artists based on their own feedback, whether they were queer or if they were people of color. And I think that this is something that we've seen in the last couple of weeks in, you know, artist alley communities, in consumer culture in general, is just being a more conscious consumer of where you're buying from, certainly to not be buying from like racist companies, but also to be supporting artists who may not be getting, you know, like a fair shake. I think that when you're online, it's a lot easier to, you know, maybe you don't necessarily know actually who you're buying from. So you could say, okay, well, I'm, I'm not necessarily being racist because I, I don't know who I'm buying from. But it's still, you know, we still know there's like systemic problems in the world that may be preventing people from getting that fair shake. And so we did want to consciously call out, you know, that we have these types of creators. And and specifically for the queer creators, it really worked well, because when we did have some, you know, kind of like targeted discrimination against Fujoshi during the con, we were able to say, like, if you go and look at our artist alley, you can see that like the overwhelming majority of everybody who was participating was queer. And so that's kind of like, it, it reinforces what we already knew about Fujoshi, but it was something that we could also tell other people like, go, hey, look at this. It's not just us, you know, talking out our asses. Like we have the research here, even just from the artist alley to show that the people who make this kind of queer content are also queer themselves. And so hopefully also being able to just shop and see, you know, buying from queer artists or people of color, people could feel like they were, you know, putting their dollars to good use and doing some good in the community. And it's it's cool to just see and for other people to meet people. I do know that specifically we had the Black Fujoshi meetup and that was something that was really cool to see. And I, I mean, I know that community decided to stick around afterwards. They've made their own discord. Um, so it's really bringing people who might not normally be able to find each other together. And that's a lot of what FujoCon was. And to that end, we also had our guest artists, which it's you know, very hard usually to be able to buy directly from a Japanese mangaka, especially people who are in kind of like the doujinshi circles. Like you pretty much have to meet these people at one of the doujinshi events. And as we're all stuck at home, it's, I mean, we know that Comic Cat's coming back next year, but we're not going to be able to go to Japan anytime soon because of travel bans. So it was really nice to be able to buy directly from people like Ayu Yamane or Nakalot, who both really supported the con. Nakalot drew she drew her OCs in our outfits for FujoCon. Ayumane did a live draw, which if if you've ever been to YaoiCon or if you've been to any con in general, mangaka are, are usually like notoriously camera shy. And so I was very impressed 
that she felt comfortable being on camera. We didn't have to see her in sunglasses or a hat um, or wrapped up. So we got to see this person and really engage. And then she did a live draw for us. And I know that when I was I was watching the chat as that panel happened, that people were so shocked at how she was, you know, bridging digital and traditional. I think people have this impression that a lot of manga has moved digital, but for some artists like uh, Yamane Sensei, they still work very uh, traditionally. And so to be able to see her do the drawing and then there was so much immediate support for the actual piece that we saw her color that was really special and then you could also buy directly from the other artists that Futakia brought so thank you to Futakia for hooking us up and hooking everybody up with the ability to buy from those artists because in some cases they weren't even just like straight up selling their merchandise they were giving away free downloads of manga that's really cool to get and then again, just to know that you're able to directly support them because one of the core tenets of, you know, like our group is like supporting the industry. And this was a very clear and direct way to do it. So I hope the artists had a good weekend, guests included, and we'll be kind of doing our own polling with the artists to see how we can do better for next time. Now onto the cosplay contest, which I hear went really well. Oh my God, it was so much fun. So our cosplay contest was amazing. We had three awesome cosplay judges. King Kitsu, who does a wonderful Inosuke cosplay, hands down one of my favorites. Go check out his Instagram, and I believe he has a Facebook as well. And then we have some uh, North Texas rep with Valor's Requiem and Toasty, who are just fantastic, and they all did such amazing cosplays. It was so cool to like get a more intimate kind of cosplay contest experience where we got to kind of interact with them a little bit more than other cosplay contests I've been. And we got a little bit more like inside how they made their cosplays and kind of what went into their judging. And how we did the judging was we had all of our cosplay contest participants submit a video of themselves in their cosplays. And we all got to watch this kind of slideshow of them doing some moves and some poses, which is really cool to kind of see them reenact what they would be doing on stage had an amateur, professional, and fan favorite winners for those. And I know that we had such like a wide, diverse group from all different kinds of fandoms. I know we had a great Long Wanji with a Cornetto, which was just amazing, a Sora, and then an elf that I believe won first place that I want to say was from World of Warcraft or Warhammer. I have not had much sleep since FujoCon, so you can correct me later on that. But it was just a lot of fun, and I thought it was such a great opportunity for people who had been working on these cosplays, putting in blood, sweat, and tears, and then having that heartbreak of not knowing when they're going to have that opportunity to display that cosplay, and that we were able to kind of give them an outlet for people to see them and for them to really have that experience of, like, I put my heart into this, and now I can kind of go and show it off. And I know it's been mentioned about the cosplay channel on our discord and it was just so cool to like see people get excited about like oh man i've been working on this here's this i was gonna wear it to this con but i get to wear it here and i'm so happy that i have a chance to put it on and have that experience so it was just it was so fun and like i said before i've been to a few cosplay contests and this felt such a cool intimate experience where it's like we really got to hear from the judges and you got to ask them questions and it was just so fun oh i loved it but uh, I'm going to hand it over now to our wonderful games master, Izora. Yes! Woo! Games! So my favorite part of any convention is the games. 
I love running games. I love having fun with people. And that's what I got to do. I got to be the games committee head for our convention. We had several different games. We had uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, which was a card game that we cultivated ourselves. We ran it via Tabletop Simulator. It is not available via public from Tabletop Simulator, but we did get a running of it on the Discord. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. We will try and work on that. But we did have a couple of fun rounds with that. People, Some people got to watch via Twitch for our first round of Fuck, Mary Gill. We also had Battleships, and Battleships was our own brainchild where we decided what would be funnier than, you know, how when people have the Defend Your Waifu, but we give them two random crazy-ass characters and they have to make them fit it together, make it work, find this pairing. And so we had some really great arguments on why their ship was perfect and why they're the best whether it be Mineta and and the the giant titan or it was Ranma and Tuxedo Mask which was our second place or we had Inosuke and Sebastian which was our big time winner shout out to the beautiful fan art that we got of the first and second place winner Sabosuke for the win <laughs> we also ran and actually Jordan ran the so you think you know BL it was a Kahoot-based quiz game where we had about 50 questions, and it was anything from our crazy titles that we made up that sounded like Renta or the real titles that we pulled of BL offline, and you had to guess which one it was, or just guessing random questions or finding out who tweeted this from Reddit, which we made up as well. Uh, it was a lot of questions. People really had to know your BL, and we had three winners that got some awesome prizes on that one as well. We had BL Bingo Inferno, which is... <laughs> Our idea of Yaoi Hell, but instead of just being the video, you had a card that we created via Bingo Baker where it had random images from the scenes, whether it be a bubble maker or some handcuffs or even the one that everyone questioned, dick slicing. And you checked them off and the first three people to blackout got a prize, which was pretty great. We also had the For the King which is based off of For the Queen by Evil Hat Productions, is a card-based game that we digitized via Tabletop Simulator as well. Uh, I know it's also not available publicly, but that's mostly because with the Fuck, Mary Kill and with the For the King, which a lot of people have asked if we can make public, the reason we can't is copyrighted material. I know we have copyrighted the the... Evil Hat Productions owns the rights to the mechanics of For the Queen, and so therefore we can't uh, publish that one. We also can't publish uh, Fuck, Mary Kill because we did take all of those images of those characters from uh, the actual productions for, for, for free use, but we can't monetize it in any way or give it out. But maybe our Patreons will get to play. We will see. We had the Mad Lib, which was a hoot and a half, a Promare-based Mad Lib, for Texas. Great time. I think we had some great laughs on that one. I hope you guys enjoy it. I, I know if we do FujoCon again, we will definitely have another Mad Lib. It's our tradition. I like to write them. I like to have fun with them. So we will do that again for sure. Next, I have a question from our Patreon. Fun fact for everyone who's listening. 
Patreon levels, sensitive pornograph and above get to ask us a question on our podcast and it can be anything. It doesn't have to be about the topic, but this one is. But you can ask us crazy things like what's your favorite color or how many animals do you have? We will answer it. If you are one of our sensitive pornograph or level or higher Patreons. And yes, our tiers are named after BL. Our question is... I want to know if we will be able to play Yowie Go or Fuck, Mary Kill on Steam. That is the first question. And the answer is no, we will not allow it on Steam. Mostly because Yowie Go in particular, I haven't read the obscenity clause for the tabletop simulator, which might prevent us from being able to put that one on it because it does have some very explicit sex toys with smiley faces on it that I don't think would be allowed. That's one of the reasons why we we couldn't bring it to Tabletop Simulator. You, you don't think the, the smiley faces will uh, make no, it less it's, obscene? It's, it's, just really? a, it's just a round <laughs> teardrop with a suction cup on the bottom. That's all it is. And it's smiling. Uh, no, we we will not be providing that. But uh, f- we are thinking about doing game nights with our Patreons just for funsies. We have not added it to a tier, but we might do that just as a courtesy because we love y'all. And thank you guys. Working on that as we speak. The other question we have from the same person is, will you be reading the Mad Libs on the podcast? So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to make a public post on our Patreon so everyone can read the Mad Lib from the con. However, I think we might, given time provided, record that Mad Lib and make it for our Patreon exclusive so that everyone on Patreon will be able to listen to it. And it'll be either me or someone else reading it. So it'll be fun. Ooh, I want to try. Yeah, get your good <laughs> voice on. Um, and those were from our Patreon, Barb Cult. Thank you, Barb Cult. And I'm going to hand it over to talk about panels to Melissa. Yeah, so as organizers of FujoCon, we certainly were excited to also be able to present our own panels. And we really tried to bring what we think are, you know, the cream of the crop and to give everybody a fair chance to be able to present something because the BL Garden catalog is very large. And even though we were sad, we couldn't bring a lot of our new stuff. It let us, again, bring what we consider to be the cream of the crop. So I was participating on Ship and Let's Ship, which I will say I personally was really blown away by the support we got. We had, uh, myself and my co-panelists had kind of like literally come off of some death threats for this panel. So we really didn't know what we were going to get going into FujoCon didn't really realize that FujiCon in and of itself, like like we had said, you know, ship and let ship, we'd created this very pro-shipping space. So it was really interesting to see that everybody was very supportive and that they, you know, just really loved the panel. I think the panels that I and my co-panelist Cho like to do for cons, are, they're kind of that bridge between like a full-on academic panel and just a kind of fun panel. So we really like to mix that up. So I think it was good to kind of set the tone for people being open to attending some of these more academic panels when you've got things like Ship and Let Ship opening it and really gave us the space to kind of talk about the anti-shipping phenomenon. And it was nice because this was our 2020 version where we had pretty much updated it. This is a a newer panel for she and I. And so we had gotten some critiques about it the last time we did it at a con and really took that to heart. 
and were able to make some updates and kind of solidify the argument. I mean, that said, this this whole topic really could be, like I mentioned in the panel, it could be like three panels. So it may be something that we end up trying to eventually split up into two, kind of like a 101, a 201, because there's just so much now with the anti-phenomenon that it's it's beyond more of just kind of like what are antis and really goes into a lot of the psychology for it. So we were really excited to be able to do the newer version and to get the great feedback that we did. So thank you to everybody who attended that and gave us really good stuff. And I will say that it was nice to have pre-recorded because I was able to then set, sit in the chat and pretty much talk to people as the panel's happening. So I, I like that. Also helped kind of calm my nerves. So I wasn't like, oh gosh, I've got to do it live. But then I pretty much went into it live like 30 minutes later to do Eat a Bag Economics with Izora, which is one of our favorite panels to do together because we're big, big Eat a Baggers. And I know this one's always daunting because this is where we talk about our um, the price of our bags. And every time, like, I don't think people actually blink at my bags, but something about your like $500 like Voltron bag really gets people every time. <laughs> I know. I get messages about it online sometimes. Like, you yeah. have five bags of Voltron for that much? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So, something about that. It's like, it just, it doesn't seem like, and my, and it's like not even the most expensive of the bags. So. I learned something new about both of you with these Eda bags <laughs> now. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I th- and I think that I mean, having seen some of the comments that maybe some people who are attending FujiCon were not hardcore eatabaggers, like this panel is somebody, is for people who maybe don't know eatabagging as well, or people who do, it's not really a 101, but we did get a lot of comments that were kind of along the 101 line. So we had the eatabag chat, which was great to be able to help people kind of figure out, you know, where to get started or to show off their bags. And then we also ran the eatabag meetup. That was really fun for people to kind of get their spotlight on camera, which I know if we do this next time, we need like another, an extra 30 minutes or something like that, or an extra hour even, because it's just so cool to be able to see everybody's faces and to see their eat a bag collections. So always a good one to be bringing out. And then Erin did your, did your LGBTQ plus representation in anime and manga panel. I did do that. I really enjoyed giving my panel on representation, but I did notice a lot of commentary in the chats about how it conflicted with your ship and lit ship. However, I didn't really get a chance to respond to that yet, and I'd like to do it here. I talk a lot in my panel about good and bad representation, which is just, it's kind of its own can of worms with questions of if any representation is better than no representation, or if all diverse characters have to be paragons of virtue to be considered quote-unquote good rep. But that's a whole nother topic that we could fill in a whole nother podcast. In terms of ship and lip ship, all of us at Beale Garden support fans liking what they like, whether that's hashtag brotherfucking or cute domestic gay couples raising 2.5 kids and a puppy while running a bakery that's a curry for cover for the Yakuza. That's not actually a, a plot, by the way. I just threw a bunch of plots together and it sounded interesting. But we also want and support well-written and realistic diverse characters, and it's not hypocritical to want both. You can enjoy your quote-unquote trash and still demand media of more substance as well. You can enjoy problematic portrayals as well as de- demand healthy, well-written representation and characters. They can co- Those feelings coexist 
I personally think it's good to be self-aware that the materials you enjoy as fantasy compared to reality, but again, that's another topic for another day. Anyways, for a really bad food-based analogy, we all love candy, right? But you can't eat candy all the time, and not all food is candy. Nothing's wrong with having candy every once in a while, as long as you acknowledge it's the only, not the only thing in existence or the best food ever, and you remember to eat your vegetables once to once in a while, like have some eggplant or some corn, or this analogy went weird places, so I'm tossing, tossing this back to Melissa. Well, I think that, you know, the research that we ended up talking about in All Yowie Considered somewhat supports that, right? And so, I mean, the the crux of us bringing All Yowie Considered here, knowing that it was going to be a virtual convention, was that we were going to distill down all of the research that we'd done for the last four years and kind of put it together, which I admittedly, like, didn't even think about until the last minute. And then I was like, oh, crap, I'm not only running this con, we're running panels. Ah, the panel planning got away from me. So there was this really intense period of like, okay, let's combine all the research. And I mean, I'm really impressed with the fact that we got it done. But when you've spent four years building this really good framework for done in cons and done at this panel, it, it made it really easy to kind of pull it together. It was just a matter of synthesizing it. And so this was, I mean, all I considered the research we've been doing has basically been, okay, there's these things that we see that people are upset about in BL or somebody writes a review and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this story was only good because it had, you know, good representation or it had a consensual outcome. And we take issue with that mainly because, you know, you can't define something as good based off of characteristics, but that's kind of an opinion. That's not necessarily the facts. And so we really wanted to get down to the facts. And so, again, I think that this is a panel that bridges that kind of like academic versus fun thing, because we're, we're like a fan group. Many of us have gone to college or we have graduate degrees, but we're not people pursuing doctorates. We're not some kind of like scientific group. We apply science, have data analysis that we're doing with this, and we're trying to be as good as we can with our data. But this is literally just a group of friends who thought, hey, let's look at this really hardcore. And so we were able to present our findings, which I think confirmed some things for people. There has been a lot of conversation about consent and BL or the sexual orientation. I think that one place where we're maybe differing from what kind of like BL academia itself is doing is talking about like the average semi and uke, even though it may not be like super, super exciting to be like, okay, your average semi is like Haru and your average uke is Nagisa. It's still really fun to like see them presented and to find out weird stats like semi like to have sex with their clothes on, but uke are like completely naked. Like that's just kind of really weird and interesting. And then to talk about like Fujoshi, because again, like part of Fujokan, you know, being a space Fujoshi, Fudanshi, Fujin is what what is that identity? And we constantly saw that identity attacked even throughout the weekend. And so kind of to, for us at Beale Garden on like a Sunday to end with, for our panels, talking about what an actual Fujoshi looks like in terms of, you know, they're not necessarily white, they're not straight, they're you know, people who may or may not be otaku, but we have very different opinions about like what our favorite BL is or what was our first or what's our favorite author. Those are the really cool things. And like, that's the research that matters to us. And it really mattered that we were able to present it. So again, I really hope that people kind of learn something along the way, even if they were entertained. So it's, it's, for me, it was really special to be able to actually present that. This is kind of the biggest stage that it's been on. Because when you're virtual, you can have all 1,200 people theoretically attending versus panel room at one of our cons may get capped at like 75. So it's cool to bring it to the larger audience. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Kind of on that note, closing thoughts from everybody. Like, what did y'all take away from this weekend? Were there any like highs or lows or kind of what were your favorite moments? We'll start with Azora. 
Let's see. I think I think I'll start with the low so I can only go up from there. I think the Discord having some problems getting people to hear us or see us was a little disheartening, especially since that was one of our first things we did. We were like, oh no, this is terrible. This is awful. This is how it's going to be. But then it got really great. Um, th- so that was that was a little hiccup that I was scared me at first, but we we worked our way through it and it turned out okay. Highs, I think... Oh gosh, I think the it was either the closing ceremonies when I just got all emotional or the battleships where we just we finally just went crazy and had a lot of fun and it was nonsense and stupidity but I loved it. I I think I think the battleships was one of my favorite moments. As for me, like I've spent some time trying to think about what are some highs, what are some lows. I can't really think of any like particular low. The only thing that was low for me was sometimes I slept in a little too long and I missed out on some chat that's starting to blow up. I need to get out here. But you know, that was also like a high because I could stay up late chatting with y'all and then like I don't have to roll in late with my cosplay. I can just get on and start talking to everybody. And I think that was one of my highs was the fact that I could engage with everybody uh, in Discord. Because when I'm a go-to-a-con, I I kind of miss a lot of panels because I'm so distracted by everybody. Like, I want to be everybody's friend. I want to talk to everybody. And I that is something I have desperately missed all year. Just being in Discord and being able to, like, excitedly talk to all these people at once about things that we all like, finding so many people that we can talk about the same things. And I'm seeing suddenly all these people are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's some good shit right there. And I'm just like, yes, I found people who can I, who I can engage with on this. I missed way too many panels because I was so busy in the Discord. I felt really sad. So I'm one of those people over here like, hey, when are you going to put those panels up? Because I want to see some too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> because I was like just so like engaged in Discord and so that was like one of the highs is that I finally like you know got that socialization that I've been missing so much um, ever since we couldn't like attend cons this year. All right, Kit, go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like Isora and start with the lows. Although honestly, there really weren't that many. I mean, I could say. The lows were, you know, the the last day when we finally had the antis show up and, you know, I had to deal with that in my notifications on social. Like, those fools show up three days late with Starbucks like, oh, this is happening? Like, shit, y'all, come on. But, I mean, even that wasn't a big deal because Twitter has this magical function called mute and then I never have to see them again. So it really wasn't even that big of a deal. And like any time we had any technical difficulties, like honestly, it got solved really quick. So like we were on top of everything, y'all. Like aunties tried to show up in Twitch. Boom, they were banned. Like we we were on top of that shit. So I really I really can't see say that there were that many lows except like third day around like six o'clock. Chagirl was fucking tired. Like things started moving in slow-mo and that was weird. I had to go get, like, my fifth cup of coffee, and that was maybe a low point just, like, physically. But highs, oh, man, so many. I, I had so much fun just interacting with everyone on Twitter. You know, I made a ton of friends on our Twitter. You know, Fujoshi Tings, Rebeck, Mistress of Yaoi. I mean, all of y'all. Airy. I, I can't even keep up with everyone that I just interacted with so much. So many highs. Friggin' Battleships was amazing. I mean, I love MCing that game so much. It is my baby, and I love it. And 
I just, the fact we got fan art from it this time, I weep happy tears every, I cray every Tim because it makes me so happy. And also, when I found out four minutes before the author roundtable that I would be uh, hosting that and just kind of had to wing it, that was awesome. It was actually a lot of fun. I learned so much just as a writer also, just talking to our, our MM Romance author guests. They were fantastic, so knowledgeable. They shared some serious truths out there and also... They're so willing to help out new writers. I'm just like, once I get my first draft into a better draft, I'm probably going to be reaching out to them because, damn, what nice, nice people they are. It was just overall, like, (laughs) I, yeah, I absolutely cried during closing ceremonies because it was a whole emotional thing. Like, we put together the most badass convention in just, like, a few months, and we fucking rocked it. So, boom. (laughs) Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to copy you guys. Yeah, Um, starting out with Lowe's. Yeah, really the only thing I can think of is just like technical difficulties because, you know, we're trying out all these new platforms live the first time. So, like, I know for So You Think You Know VL, I had like a technical glitch right in the middle of it, but it ended up being fine. And seriously, there was just so many highs instead of lows. Everyone was so sweet. Everyone was so understanding. Everyone was just so happy that we were doing it. And I know so many people were like, thank you for doing this. I needed this interaction. I needed this kind of space that I can interact with people. And it's my bright spot, you know, with everything going on. Battleships was so much fun. The Mad Lib, the Four Texas. Like, that was so great. I, for taxes, like, that was just, everyone was just so creative, so awesome. Uh, Just, like, the sense of community, I think everyone felt. That was really awesome. And I just learned so much. Like, that was the thing is, I wasn't expecting to learn as much as I did, helping to get the con up and running to, like, the guest panels to everything. It was just awesome. And I just feel inspired to, like, work on my Eda bags and work on my cosplays and stuff. So yeah, it was just awesome, and I know I talked about King Kitsu's Instagram, but also go follow Valor's and Tosi's Instagram, because they're amazing, and I'm going to go check out their pages to get some more inspiration for my cosplays. But uh, yeah, overall, just a wonderful experience, and just that last day of like all these months of late nights and stressing about things, and everyone just loved it, and it was a great time, and it was just just all the all the feels. Yeah, I would have to say, like, just like everybody else, the technical difficulties, I was so very worried because kind of had to, as a team, we had cover for each other and help out here, help out there. You know, I was just worried about initiating a Zoom session with screwing it up because I was, if I screw this up, it's going to ruin the whole thing. (laughs) So with the technical things and, you know, I learned so much doing that, but I really liked because I was able to attend more panels than I normally would at a normal convention. Because usually when I go to a convention in person, you know, I have a list of 10 things I want to do, 10 panels, and always whittle down because I'm spending too much time in Artist Alley. So I was able to go through a lot of these panels. And I the, the academic panels were, I think, the best. And it was so awesome that we could get all these guests to just volunteer their time to talk to us is amazing. And all those panels, you could see the attendance numbers because you have over 100 people watching and listening to these panels. So I really liked the fact that, uh, first of all, I'd have to wear pants whole weekend. Nobody would know. You know, I could dress up if I wanted. 
because we had so much different types of panels, the MM authors, and got a little bit of everything that weekend. And as even though I didn't go anywhere, I was still tired, just like a normal convention. But I, I felt like I got to do a lot just even just in that weekend, just viewing panels and meeting people. And it was just a it was a real fun time. And I'm glad I'm glad we I'm glad we did it really am. I was really sad actually before FujoCon because I was really hashtag big anime sad about the loss of our in-person cons for basically the whole year and the loss of the social bonding that occurs at cons in person. But FujoCon let me have that con community magic from the safety of my own home essentially. I loved all the positive feedback we had. Like the closing ceremonies like brought I think all of us cried a little bit. Artist Alley was amazing. I bought a Galileo Himbo Catcher, and I think a couple other people did too, because it was so adorable. I think I'm still kind of low that I couldn't see some people in person. I would have loved to meet some of the people that we talked to. But honestly, some of these people I wouldn't have met at in-person cons anyways. That was the beauty of it being virtual, is that it was global. Many of our guests and commentators were from all over the world, and we had a chance virtually to interact that I wouldn't have had necessarily at an in-person con in Texas or New York or what have you. I think Melissa is our last person to give some input. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, very specifically, the low was, I'm so sorry to Dr. Santos that your panel got cut off because of technical difficulties and the internet connection. The Bitches of Boys Love was a very hotly attended panel. I was really interested to learn about the AeroBL I think for me, being a huge like academic nerd or whatever, like I was sitting through all these panels with like a notebook, like taking notes, because I mean, for some of the academic panels, we're not allowed to record them because it's copyrighted information that's copyright to their university or their publisher. So it was really cool that we could bring these because, you know, this is something you might have had to buy a book to get, or you might have had to be attending a lecture. And these are people from all over the world. I mean, our academics were from like Australia and Japan and the Philippines. And so it's it's that kind of like international community that we really strove to cultivate and to then, you know, kind of protect. So I really enjoyed attending those. I, I will say that Dr. Welker's panel, which was like the late, late night panel that I had to moderate, solved a lot of questions for me about like the, the origins of BL. So I think that I'm going to have to go back to like what I, my own understanding of BL is and like revise my own timeline and really incorporate a lot of the stuff. So I was definitely, like like Spence said, you know, learning a lot. I was able to moderate the BL that hurt me. And I, I remember telling people, like, I joked, like, oh, this the trigger warnings here. That's, like, what somebody else's trigger warning is, is, like, my, I want to read this list. So I was, like, avidly taking notes to be able to go back and reread some of these, what are going to be probably horrible BL that hurt people, but I'm going to love them. And so it's, it's, like, on the one hand, you're getting this kind of, like, academic side of things where you're able to learn about the medium that you're really involved in, but then you're also getting recommendations to go back and relook read things or to find new things. And I think for me going to cons, like I always feel really inspired after I do a con, even though I'm tired from Artist Alley and I was surprisingly still really tired, even though this is a virtual con, to create new things or to read more BL. And so I still had that feeling. So for me, I think FujoCon was really a big success because even though we were just behind a computer screen, like I've spent this whole week drawing new merchandise. I read a lot of BL. It really kind of gave me those same like doki doki feelings which is just a credit to what we were able to pull off which it's for a group that kind of just had this random idea like and then didn't know if it would really like happen to come together and to do it is still 
really, really cool. And I will say that thank you to everybody who's like on this podcast right now, who's not here, who maybe could not participate in help, helping us run FujoCon. Like, still thank you for putting up with us because we diverted so many BL Garden resources and so much of the conversation was about FujoCon for like two and a half months and still will be for, for a large you know time because I think that FujoCon is now, it's a huge part of who BL Garden is. And, you know, may or may not continue to be. That's a little bit up in the air. So I won't speak to any of that. But thank you so much to everybody who did kind of come along on the ride with us. I know we wanted to touch. We've got a lot of people asking if FujoCon 2021 is going to happen. And we did send out a survey to see what people's preferences on, like, what time of the year is best. We got our top two seasons are winter and summer so we're going to look at that they were so very close we're honestly going to look at it and see what works best for for our team we need to know if we do this again we are looking into that of course some of us are are leaning towards yes but we want to make sure that it's something that we can definitely give just as good to you if we do it again we want to make sure we provide that level of quality again. But we are looking at summer versus winter for our team, seeing what works best with our work schedules, what works best with our team, because we want to make sure we have people who are ready and to provide it if we do. The Discord, we're, we're having a lot of people asking about the Discord. We don't know yet. We're going to leave it up for now. Che- keep an eye on our social. We'll tell you if it's going down, but we are not sure. We'll figure it out. Basically, all of our information, check out our FujoCon social, keep an eye on it. We will continue to let you know about things like our recordings of our panels and whether or not they're up or not. We will let you know there. And onward to Kit. You can always rely on the social channels for updates. We will try to keep you as informed as possible, but are still recovering because, as it was mentioned, surprisingly, Even though this was a virtual con, we are tired. I still just want to take naps all the time. (laughs) And it's not just because I work three jobs. Before we end this podcast, just a few more things that you need to remember. Keep checking out our Artist Alley. I just spent a bunch of my money this week because they're still not sold out. Or they may be now because the stock was low, y'all. Y'all are doing a good job supporting those artists. I'm proud of you. Keep doing it. If you have not received your prizes, and keep in mind, physical prizes will take a bit of time. Right now, don't know what's going on with the mail system in Texas, y'all, but it has slowed down a bit, I've noticed, with some things. So give physical prizes just a little bit longer than you would normally expect because there have been some delays. But if you have not received your digital prizes, please be sure to contact us at fujocon at gmail.com so we can make sure we get those to you. If you missed the announcement on our Twitter and in some of our panels and during our closing ceremonies, our Patreon is active. So you can go and support us and get really cool stuff depending on the tiers you pledge to. And that includes getting the recording of Ship and Let Ship. That's right. Y'all were asking for it. And if you want to hear that recording, all you got to do is be a Patreon. So... Make sure you go and support us there, and you'll also get access to some cool stuff, like getting a shout-out. That's right, if you get onto our Junjo Romantica level and above, we're going to give you a cool shout-out like these people. Emily Snyder, Crystal Marie, Joe Kiss, Christina Coleman, and Barb Colt. 
If you want to be like them, which is really, really cool, then you want to support our Patreon at the Junjo Romantica level or above. So do that, and it'll also help us do really cool things, not just for FujoCon 2021, if it happens, wink, but for other cool stuff like, you know, getting to go to physical cons when those actually happen again one day in the future. But other cool stuff with our podcast as well. On that note, I think this is it for this podcast. And coming soon, we'll have more updates, like Izora said, regarding the Discord and our FujoCon survey. So be sure you keep filling that survey out if you haven't yet. And with that, I've been Kit. Izora. Midnight. Jordan. Lynn. Aaron. And Melissa. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 801 Podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, check us out on our website at blgardendfw.com. Or find us on Twitter at blgardendfw.